maybe. Yes, sir! Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined by my co-host, and then also a very special guest here this afternoon, but we're in a very, very special place, aren't we, Jonathan? Very, very special place. Magical day here at Southern Hills, uh, supporting the first tee of Metro Tulsa. Uh, we've had this one circled for a while, my friend, both the event and, um, visiting the hollowed grounds here. So yeah, great, great day. Great morning. Excited to be here recording from Southern Hills. Yeah. In, in, in the clubhouse at Southern Hills, the hallowed ground. So that's going to be cool. <laughs> now we're going to introduce our guest here in just a moment, J Till. But as always, before we do that, we got to pay the light bill, sir. So we've got to show some love to our sponsor. And of course, the YSO podcast championed by Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right? So now everybody knows about Chalk, 1324 West Memorial Road there in Chisholm Creek Park in Oklahoma City. Uh, you can follow Chad, Audrey, Wes, the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at ChalkOKC. College football heating up, J-Till. Saturdays are getting hot and heavy at Chalk. I mean, again, I don't want to jinx it, but we're headed for a Bedlam showdown for the Big 12 championship, I think, my friend. I know where I'm going to be for the next few Saturdays, right? It's uh, it's all coming to fruition. What a better place to, to take that in than with our friends at Chalk. Excited to come down the stretch run here of college football uh, when golf, at least, you know, televised golf we'll say is going to be taking a bit of a hiatus we'll have some uh, other things to keep our attention yeah always the favorite that is chalk luxury sports bar well enough about college football let's get down to the golf and 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 let's introduce our special guest here so janice gibson kind enough to join us the executive director of the first t program of metro tulsa janice we we can't thank you enough for having us here want to talk to you about this wonderful tournament here today but first and foremost how you doing Doing great. What a beautiful day here for golf. Absolutely. And let, let's talk about the beautiful day, right? Because as, as Jonathan mentioned, we've, we've had this one circled on the calendar for a while. Now, we had to circle a couple of dates on the calendar, right? Because <laughs> last month had, had, the, had the crazy spring-like storms that kind of ran through Oklahoma for like a couple of weeks there, forced us to reschedule, push things back to the first, or I guess, second Monday of November. You never know how the weather's going to shake out in Oklahoma, but my goodness, we were blessed today, weren't we? Absolutely. You know, this this weather today, you couldn't beat it in no, in November in, in Oklahoma. You never know, like you said. Uh, the day that we rescheduled it, uh, there was 50-mile-an-hour winds, and uh, I don't know about you all, but playing a championship golf course is tough oh. enough at 50-mile-an-hour our wins would be pretty hard yeah absolutely so it uh it, it was tough enough in what what i would consider rather benign conditions here for the state of oklahoma for sure and so uh obviously those conditions will probably ramp up come may right so when the pga championship comes back to town and so we'll talk about that a little bit later on but before we get to that janice let, let's talk about the first tee of tulsa right so how long have you been the executive director let, let's talk about some of the great programs and some of the great things that 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 organization puts on here for the city of tulsa Oh, absolutely. You know, the first tee of Tulsa is special because it reaches all kids uh, from all walks of life, um, teaching them the game of golf and the the inherent values that it has. Um, We reach over in the last 200, well, excuse me, we began in 2001. In the last 20 years, we've reached over 118,000 kids. Wow. We have uh, adopted 21 schools um, in the system. So basically, we're, we're teaching the kids golf during their gym time through their G, their gym teacher. So 
Um, we also have programs going at six different locations at this time. Uh, Mohawk Park Golf Course is our head co- headquarters, but it has a beautiful clubhouse. Um, in 2001, is, uh, the, the program began with 381 students in the, in the fall, and uh, we've grown now to more than 1,400, 1,600 kids uh, coming to the first tee annually. So, Well, talk a little bit about the kids that get involved in the first tee. You know, I think that many of us who've, who've played golf for a long time had um, perhaps a parent, grandparent, friend um, that got us into the game. And there's so many kids that don't have that uh, entry point uh, like, like most of us have. So uh, give us a sense of when kids, how, how do kids get connected? Uh, you mentioned you're in these 21 schools. How do they get connected into the program? And then um, kind of what, it, you know, generally speaking, what are the initial uh, reactions from kids getting into the game of golf? Um, and excuse me, we, we know it's a, it's a tough game and um, some kids take to it, some kids don't. You know, we have the best job in the world. I'll, I'll share that with you. Uh, our staff does a tremendous job going into the schools, taking the, the equipment. It's called snag golf. It's okay. basically yeah. Velcro targets with big, you know, uh, plastic clubs and that's tennis balls. That's what Till needs. Yeah, <laughs> more of that. So. They are easier to hit, I will tell you. Uh, but And our staff gets the kids hooked on golf. After the first two or three swings, the kids love golf. And they're a golfer. They've identified themselves as a golfer. Okay. We follow up with that with a registration form and say, hey, you know what? We usually have uh, registration um, on these days. We'd like to have you come into our program. In non-COVID times, we transport the kids there. Um, we okay. transported more than 700 kids a year into the programs, 13 at a time in each van load. Um, we're lucky enough to have four vans to transport the kids. Unfortunately, during this time, we're, we're waiting for the COVID to kind of calm down a little bit. Our program is free, which is incredible. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. We're one of the very, very few. Uh, we are the only one that transports and also has free programming uh, for the kids. So. Our program is for ages 8 to 18, so it's a it's not just a one-time program. The 1,600 kids that came this year, um, they came eight different times, and they received 12 hours of instruction. Uh, we love golf, and uh, the staff that we have, they're golfers. We're all golfers. We're competitors. We like to get the kids competing because we know that's what hooks them. Yeah. Um, now, there are some kids that, that, that like competition. There's some that don't, and that's okay. Whatever. We just like them to get them out and outside and enjoy the game. Yeah, that's amazing, the transportation piece. Um, working for the YMCA, I know that there's a lot of times that, um, you know, we have something great going. We just can't get kids there for one reason or another. And so being able to provide that transportation piece uh, is huge, and I'm sure in, in no small part um, being able to do that because of the generous donors and, and sponsors for this tournament in particular. Um, curious, like, how long has the tournament been held here at Southern Hills? Has it always been held at Southern Hills? And then kind of a two-part question, um, you know, how, how fortunate uh, do you feel to be able to, to be here and, and have uh, such a, you know, vulnerable place, uh, play host to your event? You know what? We are blessed. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't know of any other chapter, first T chapter in the United States that has uh, a club like Southern Hills Country Club. They are the founder of the first T of Tulsa. Um, they wanted to find a way to contribute back to the community, and, of course, golf is their signature. So they found a way to restructure the golf course at Mohawk. Back in 1999-2000, they were finding a location so they could they can call it home. 
and actually Southern Hills Country Club is so involved with the volunteers here, their staff. Um, for instance, today, this is the 19th year um, that they've said this is wow. this is your, That's you know, incredible. this is a charitable. They've raised over $1.8 million for the first team during this one tournament. Throughout the year, um, they've they've recently named in the last few years the first tee is their charity. So incredible. All I can say is just incredible. And to give all of our kids, I call them our kids because we wrap our, you know, we, we believe these kids. We, we, we believe these kids are our next generation, and uh, we need to show them the game of golf. The game of golf has so much to offer. So um, we're so thankful for all Southern Hills Country Club does, and everyone comes here to support the event. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about the tremendous support that the event had today. I mean, there there was a lot of golfers out there, a lot of teams, right? So we had a, had a morning flight in an afternoon flight, kind of had to move some tee times around because of daylight savings time and all the changes, right? So obviously not as much daylight to uh, to play golf in this time of year as, as to what we're accustomed to. But how many how many people were out here today? How many teams? You know, what, what was the total commitment uh, from everybody that was involved today? Well, you know, I, I'd like to just say one thing. I know the staff here, they're usually off on Mondays. Yeah, right. And they absolutely. were here. They yeah. showed up and they volunteered their Kudos day to off. Them. That's, yeah. that's incredible. It's a great point. Um, also, uh, I think there was 222 uh, wow. in the double shotgun. 222 that's people awesome. came out um, to support the first tee of Tulsa. Um, just an unbelievable event. Yeah, fantastic. Well, well Jess, I, we can't get you out here. Now, you, you're you running the show out here, right? So you've got some executive director and, and commissionarial duties that, that you have to get back to. <laughs> but before we do that, we were talking to you right before we started the pod here and started recording. You had you had quite the playing career and playing history from a golf standpoint as well, right? So, so kind of walk us through. Give us those highlights, kind of the things that you were talking about before we went on the pod here. Pretty impressive player yourself. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Modest. I, try. I love it. <laughs> I just try. Uh, I love the game of golf. I was introduced, like my, my father introduced me, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of kids nowadays, they don't have family playing. And and um, I think, I you know, my dad was the one that started me. I had an awesome golf pro that he gave him his time. He gave us opportunities. Didn't charge a dime for a lesson. Um, gave me the opportunity to help pick up the driving range. And um, that gave me an opportunity to play on the boys' golf team at Tulsa Hale High School, which prepared me to as a stepping stone pretty much to play college golf at Oklahoma State. And I love Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate to be able to play there. Um, I believed at that time that it was, it was might as well try the LPGA and see what a possibility if I could make that. Um, I never won anything, <laughs> and I wish I would have, but I sure <laughs> did try. Uh, I didn't win anything. I was always at 30th, 30th to 50th place. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and um, I, and so I, in a way I feel like I've been on all sides of the rope. I have a daughter that played college golf. My son-in-law played college golf. Um, so we're all golfers. We love golf. Um, and, again, I think it's something we can all pass on to the next generation to pass on our passion. I will say that the – the head of this is Nick Sidorkas. He's a general manager here. He has been with the program since its inception. He's actually the one. He and John B. Johnson are the ones that began this program, and they're the leaders. So um, John B. Johnson unfortunately passed, but uh, Nick and, and the board here at, of governors here at Southern Hills, is, um, they're amazing. Uh, their dedication and devotion throughout the years. Um, they don't they don't even think about it, whether they have the tournament or not. It's just I, I just it's, it's, it really is fantastic, their support. Yeah, the um, you can tell the the groundswell support that Southern Hills gives this event and the first tee chapter. Uh, I think, but you know, before we leave your playing career, I I want to hear a little bit more about the, your opportunity to play in the U.S. Senior uh, Women's event. 
Um, playing in a USGA event is a is a huge deal, a major championship, and kind of tell us about that experience. Oh, uh, you know, if my putter would have stayed with me the second day, it would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, it was a treat for me to go back and revisit my old life of traveling on the tour and seeing some old friends. Uh, they're good. I mean, the players are good. They play golf, and, and they're good. And it was just a, I played with Michelle McGann, and I knew I was going to get outdriven by 80 yards going into the day. But uh, it was just a treat. <laughs> Seriously, they can still bomb it. I oh, mean, yeah. they're hitting it. Absolutely. They're hitting it a long way. Uh, but I think it's also, you know, something I've, I've been wanting to do. And it was one of my prayers, basically, to say, yeah, I'd like to have one more chance. You know, so um, he gave me two, actually. So, uh you never give up. That's the one thing I always want to pass on to the kids is never give up on your dreams. Dream big and keep going. I mean, don't don't stop. You don't yeah. want to regret. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you mentioned playing collegiately at Oklahoma State. You know, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how, how do you follow the program still? I, I assume that you probably do. I mean, Coach Robertson, we were fortunate enough to have him on the podcast, I mean, multiple times, I guess most recently, just a couple weeks ago before the East Lake Cup uh, event in Atlanta. But the OSU women's golf program is pretty darn good right now oh, right absolutely. so I think it's yes. kind of championship or bust this year they have high expectations and rightfully so right yes and you know uh, coach Robertson he he was kind enough to come over to we had a 20th anniversary celebration at, at Mohawk Park Golf Course they were kind enough to come over and do a clinic for us uh, the ladies came over and, and and spent time with the kids and, and what a treat that was uh, for him to say yes we'll, we'll come over we'd be glad to do that uh, absolutely, I follow them. Um, I'm, I'm one of their biggest fans, <laughs> so I bleed orange uh, for sure, and I'm so proud of them. I mean, they're number one in the country, and uh, they're—I mean—they're hard to beat. They're very hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. We're looking forward to uh, heading back out to Greyhawk and Scottsdale come come May, and uh, and watching those ladies tee it up. So, tell Jonathan and I, we've been calling for an Oklahoma State Stanford final showdown out at Greyhawk. We're going to feel like, as college golf fans, we're going to get robbed if we don't get that because those two teams <laughs> are absolutely stacked from top to bottom. They're by far the two best teams in the country, we think. So. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yep, yep. Looking forward to it. Well, well, Janice, God bless you for spending you know 15 minutes with us here. Uh, we appreciate all the work uh, that uh, you and the entire crew at the first team, Southern Hills, their staff, again, coming on their day off, as you mentioned, putting this all together, the weather coming together. I mean, it was just an absolute blast. We, we had such a great time, and you can count us in for annual, you know, we're, we're going to be here every year from here on out. So we, awesome. we loved it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Great event. Thanks for coming on with us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Janice Gibson, man, that, that was awesome. So uh, just an absolute treat in her passion for the first tee for the game of golf and uh, for her Oklahoma State Cowgirls, man, that, uh, that came <laughs> through. So first time we, we've swapped emails, uh, first time we've actually got the chance to meet Janice and sit down and talk with her, but uh, that was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I think between Janice, um, you know, Nancy Acton, who's the admin here at Southern Hills, uh, Nick Sidorkis, who's the general manager, Carrie Cosby, who's the director of golf. I mean, this place obviously uh, is as good as it gets in Oklahoma, and frankly, um, not many better than uh, Southern Hills at doing what it does best, which is really creating a very special place for golf, um, for golf lovers, for, for folks who really understand the history of the game and, and our huge uh, Perry Maxwell fans, the house uh, the house that Perry built. Yep. Obviously, uh, most would point to this course as his crown jewel. So uh, very impressive to see, honestly, Southern Hills embrace the first tee like that. I mean, I think that 
there are not many first tee chapters around the country that have a major championship golf course and a club of Southern Hills stature uh, that um, basically started the first tee, as you as you heard Janice say, and have really uh, fostered it to the point that it is now. I think it's certainly something that every city um, and every city's kind of finest golf clubs should uh, really kind of uh, be bopped on the head a little bit. And, yeah. hint, uh, and hint, hint, Oklahoma City. Hint, hint, uh, OKC, GCC. Time to, to perhaps get involved. We'll have a word uh, with the uh, the power brokers there. But in the meantime, uh, since we're here, I think I want to dive deep, as I'm sure no one is surprised, on the on the golf course that is Southern Hills. And, uh, you know, I've got to thank you. Thanks for ha- having us out. You know, our man, our man DK up here in Tulsa, uh, kind of our co-host, if you will. We've had a, quite a couple days. Uh, but, yeah, just that final shout-out to the first tee and everything they're doing for kids here in Tulsa is really cool. Yep, absolutely. I know you are chomping at the bit to talk all things Southern Hills. But before we do that, JT, before we talk about our rounds here over the last 48 hours, let's say, uh, Sunday, Monday here, November 7th and 8th as we're recording this. But uh, I want to talk about some of the things that happened out on the PGA Tour. We've got some big news, big things happening on the Corn Ferry qualifying school, right? So right now that's literally going on as we're recording this podcast. We've got the leaderboard up, keeping tabs on some OU guys that are up there near the top of the leaderboard as well. And, um, you know, I guess Lydia Ko going low, right, uh, over in Saudi Arabia as well on the LPGA Tour uh, as well. But uh, where do we start? We'll start Mayakoba? Sure, sure. Yeah, let, let's go down. Let's head south of the border and uh, before we get to that, I think you, you have a couple choice words for this, right? Give me Vic Hovland <laughs> at plus 1,800. He's going he's gonna to bring it home from Mexico and ride into Christmas like a Norwegian Viking. It's going to be historical. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he's going he's to ride into Thanksgiving. Man, like playing a Norwegian the, Viking, right? So playing again, that, the hits. Never going to delete that sound clip from the board, my friend, but it rings true. He does it again. again. Two years in a row. That's Back to Back down in Mexico uh, for our man Victor Hovland. He's figured out how to chip. He has figured out how to uh, win consistently on the PGA Tour. And he, quite frankly, left everybody in the dust yesterday. Came into the day, one-shot lead, final group with Taylor Gooch, uh, a couple clear of JT, and uh, put the afterburners on. Ends up winning by four shots at 23 under par over a hard-charging uh, Carlos Ortiz. Yeah, I think birdied uh, like five out of the last six holes or something like that. He got hot shoots, at, the, at the end. It's five under 66 to finish solo second uh, behind Vic Hovland. But what a performance. I mean, it's just one of those deals where you talk about the triumphant that is himself, um, Colin Morikawa and Matty Wolf all come out at the same time two summers ago. And in terms of who has the most upside again, not what they've done thus far. You got to say Vic Hovland of the three. And he seems to have that ball striking that we talk about with, uh, Morikawa quite a bit that, uh, it's just, it's always going to be there. Right. And now that he's figuring out, uh, the short game, uh, Vic Hovland could be a bear to deal with, um, in the 2022 season. Uh, so yeah, always we, one of our favorites clearly on this podcast, uh, Vic Hovland. So, so good on him for his third PGA tour win. Uh, you know, 
That said, all outside of the uh, contiguous United States, uh, his third one being Puerto Rico. So uh, very interesting stuff to see if he can get it done on the mainland. The the Caribbean or something, right? Just kind of speaks to him, right? So El Camillon down there, close close to that, right? Gulf of Mexico, if we want to call it that. Sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's – I'll tell you one thing, Till. One thing I've noticed here over the last maybe couple years, not that I've paid close attention, but the dude's kind of yoked now. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's, he's been in the Dude, gym. Dude, yeah, he he's, has been in the gym. He's not a big guy, but man, he is. Uh, he's he's pretty cut up. Yeah, he's a unit, man. It's pretty impressive to see what he's done. You know, I would even I wouldn't call him chubby in college, but he was just kind of like baby fat, uh, kind of a goofy looking little guy, and he has transformed himself into absolute athlete. Just bombing the golf ball. Um, pretty impressive to see what he has done, and you got to put him right there. You know, top ten in terms of uh, players that you would think are going to have a breakout in a major or perhaps uh, WGC, some of these high-level events, uh, because he has certainly proved uh, really week in, week out that he's a factor uh, whenever he tees it up, as has uh, our man Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, uh, 500 par, uh, finishes solo fourth, again rockets himself, up the leaderboard. I actually, the tournament closed out and we were chatting last night after dinner. I was still surprised that he has not won on the PGA Tour. I thought he had won the WGC event down in Austin last year, but you corrected me. He made it to the final and lost. Runner up. Yeah. Uh, that was his so best finish Billy Ho, to think, date right? on uh, on the tour. And for somebody who I think is in most every golf fan's consciousness to the level that he is, I mean, honestly, I would say Scotty Scheffler is in the same level of consciousness as a Vic Hovland. When you think, talk about these younger guys who are breaking out, doing a lot of good things, and Vic Hovland has three wins, and <clears throat> Scotty Scheffler has zero wins. Very interesting. Uh, he was closely followed by uh, we have it. We had a oh a wolf sighting. That's right. You, you mentioned sighting. him earlier. He came out of the gates hot, right? So very went, hot. Went, went Sixty one. It was ten under on the <laughs> yeah. first day, and then couldn't really replicate that uh, that magic that he had on Thursday. And kind of I, I don't know if struggle is the right word. Uh, he had a poopy. Yeah. He had a poopy seventy four. A yeah. really poopy when everybody was going low. Uh, you can't throw in a dud. 61, 68, 65 were his other three scores. Those certainly would have been good enough to get it done had he uh, had just a, uh, you know, a, a solid Saturday and finished. And if he goes a couple under par, he's right there, 22, 23 under. So tough uh, Saturday for Matty Wolf, but good to see him getting back into form. Uh, and then, unfortunately, um, wrong place, wrong time to have a bad round. The aforementioned Taylor Gooch, I know a few weeks ago, or over the last few weeks, I've said, hey, he's knocking on the door. He's had you know three top ten finishes already in this PGA Tour season. I thought yesterday was going to be the day that he got it done. Plummets down with his own 74. Uh, finishes tied for 11th when he went into the day in second. And so I got a, I got a, I got a question for you. or a, um, It's not really a would you rather. It's a who wins a PGA Tour event. No asterisks, no conditions around there. PGA Tour event. Scotty Scheffler. Or Taylor Gooch? Yeah, good question. I mean, Gooch has been really, really hot as of late. Again, d- disappointed. I'm sure he's disappointed um, in his performance on Sunday. We were kind of rooting for him. Obviously, the local ties there uh, from an Oklahoma guy standpoint. But um, I would probably lean towards Scheffler. Uh, I think his overall game probably a little sturdier 
just just my opinion right now. Obviously, Scheffler made a great account of himself uh, in um, the Ryder Cup sure. a couple months ago, right? So and uh, played well there. I think those types of events being there. Or we mentioned the WGC match play last year as well, getting to the final. You know, I think those guys have to find a way to figure out how to win, right? So you get to get there enough times to put yourself in position. Eventually, you'll get over the hump. And so I think Scheffler might be just slightly ahead, despite the fact that Gooch has played really, really well over the last three or four months. That, w- that would be my take. I um, have a hard time deciding which way to go. It, it feels like Scheffler's the kind of guy who's going to be there kind of week in, week out, knocking on the door. But there's just something that's telling me that in the West Coast swing at one of the kind of, you know, lesser tournaments, maybe it's a American Express, uh, maybe it's a, a waste management. I, I just got a feeling that Taylor Gooch is going to gonna be the one that walks through that door first. So it's not necessarily a slight on Scotty Scheffler. I'm just really thinking that Taylor Gooch is going to put – Four rounds together, breakthrough and win a tournament uh, because he seems to be at a very high level of consistency right now. Now, we all know what happens over this next month, right? These guys kind of stop playing. Take some time off. They the come holidays. back in January. You would assume he uh, he tees it up at Sony for the first time because obviously neither one of those guys is going to be in the field at Maui yep. since they yeah, haven't be a won. Yep. Um, but... Uh, there's something that tells me Taylor Gooch is going to be the one that gets it done first out of those two. You know, as I'm kind of looking down the world rankings, I do believe that it is Scotty Scheffler, who's the highest ranked player in the world, that does not have a win. Scotty Scheffler currently checking in at uh, 21st in the world golf ranking. Um, I'm having to scroll a bit before I'm finding Taylor Gooch down at 51. So that alone would tell you. Scheffler probably has uh, on paper the better chance to, to get a win first. But again, I just, you know, yeah, Ben Crenshaw, I have a feeling. Talk about, you know, Gooch being at 51 in the world right now. Testament to him, though, because I think rewind to 18 months ago, a lot of people outside the state of Oklahoma would probably have never heard of him before, sure. right? And so I think that that is a testament to how good and how consistent he has been here over the last few months. And, uh, yeah, no no wrong answer there probably, right? So I think both those guys will end up getting a victory and, and maybe even in 2022, right? So it's going to happen here soon enough. So be uh, keeping an eye on that, and I'll, I'll bet you a, a code pop. Uh, you take Gooch. I will take Scheffler on that front. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, you mentioned Corn Ferry Tour qualifying. Yes. We've been keeping some an updates. extra close eye on it because we have uh, some rooting interests. Um, Jonathan Brightwell. Former Oklahoma Sooner, a key piece of the run to a runner-up finish at the 2021 NCAA Championships, is in the house at 13 under par, uh, 6 under par today, 65, stellar round. He is now tied with Vincent Norman, uh, also 13 under par. Norman has one hole to go, and then two more guys with Two holes to go. Zach Fisher and Andrew Kozan, also at thirteen under par. So we got a we got a four horse race. One would assume that one of those three guys will make a birdie and knock Brightwell off that top spot. Now, we're, we're Why hoping, is that important? We're hoping that's not the case, right? Because uh, kind of a quirky setup with the Corn Ferry Q School uh, is that there's not really a playoff, right? So it's first place in ties 
essentially are all treated the same and they get automatic promotion, right? So right. if 13 is the number, and if that holds up for JB, which we hope that it does, again, knowing that the uh, the former Sooner, the ties in there that uh, that we have, but Vincent Norman, Zach Fisher, Andrew Kozan, as you all mentioned, uh, a couple holes left, one hole for Norman. Um, you're probably right. You'd think that one of those guys maybe sneaks in a birdie. They kind of separate themselves there. But uh, hoping for JB's sake that 13 under is the number because that will mean big things for him in his starting, fledgling, if you will, uh, professional career. Yeah, medalist at Q, at Q School uh, does get full exempt status for the entirety of the 2022 season. A huge deal to be able to lock in your playing status and decide what events you're going to play. And so we'll see how that shakes out. Even if he weren't to uh, to medal, uh, he would be in that top 10, which gets, I believe, status through 12 events of the 2022 season. Also in that category will be Grant Hirschman, uh, solo fifth. Uh, Sam Stevens, a guy That's who's right, just yeah. been tearing it up in the Oklahoma circuit, uh, tied for six, so he'll have some conditional status out there. And then uh, Tane Lee, who I think got under his radar uh, last summer, was a little bit of a run at one of the alternate field events, uh, tied for 10th. So, yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, it's, uh, they didn't do Corn Ferry Q School last year because of the vid, kind of had a super season. Uh, so fun to see these guys who are battling for their livelihoods uh, in hopes of making millions someday out on the PGA Tour. Um, just trying to cash a check at this point. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that leaderboard here as we're doing the pod and uh, check back on it here in, in a few moments, right? But uh, made one more mention before we get into the deep dive of our day at Southern Hills here. Uh, Lydia Ko, right, across guess, yeah. really across the pond, right? So in Saudi Arabia, uh, she kind of uh, almost laps the field, right? So I think ends up shooting 23 under. Yeah, uh, the Saudi win. Women's Invitational. Yeah. Um, cool trophy. She goes over. Very cool trophy. We, we saw a picture of that. Love a good trophy on this podcast. Uh, Lydia Ko, who just is an absolute wizard with those wedges. When yeah. she gets those Every things going, <laughs> it's just like three feet, three feet, three feet, three feet. Pretty fun to watch, uh, certainly when you're able to watch it in rapid-fire highlight. But uh, she is going to, I think, sneakily kind of run up on JYK and Nellie Corda in 2022. I think that I, I would agree. she's reestablished herself after going through some serious, serious struggle uh, over the past three or four years. 2021 was a really, really good year for her. She wins again, ton of high finishes. I think that she will challenge um, those two ladies at the top of the women's golf world. So fun to see her bag another trophy, even if it is, you know, over in Saudi where, you know, very bad things happen. Very bad uh, things. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about our last two days on the golf course, my friend. So uh, before we get to Southern Hills, we came up yesterday. Right, was fortunate enough to get in a late afternoon evening now with uh, with the setting the clocks back here for uh, daylight savings, uh, but uh, played that at Cedar Cedar Ridge in Broken Arrow, right, with our man DK uh, and his boy Lou, right. So the, the youngster who uh, keep an eye out for that name uh, about fifteen <laughs> years from now, left sweet swinging lefty. So this uh, this young six year old uh, from Tulsa, keep an eye on that that young man. But um, Cedar Ridge, a really 
really fun course, isn't it? I mean, it's tough. We were playing for the back tees, so probably bit off a little more than we could chew. Uh, well, the, but, not uh, the back tees. Well, the, the, what yeah, we would ups. consider the back tees. I think it was actually the two-ups, believe it or not, but it was yeah. still like 6,700 yards. And, um, you know, our host, DK, who can absolutely flag the golf ball, has uh, you know no problem getting around from 6,600 yards. Um, a couple short knockers a like ourselves... I sent a text to our man Dragon Alcorn, who I've uh, kind of had his three iron on an extended lease, we might say. I wore a hole in that thing yesterday, hitting it from 200 yards consistently into every green. I swear, every tee box we rolled up onto is like 420, 425, 415, 430. I'm just like, can I, can I get a 360-yard par four? I would be very interested. That said, we had a blast. The golf course, awesome routing. It has Perry Maxwell vibes to it. Absolutely does. That um, I think are kind of a la, maybe like very Southern Hills light now that I've played here. Um, Maybe akin to a little bit of like Oklahoma City with more elevation change and and, and of a different vintage, you might say. Uh, But we looked it up. Joe Finger. Yeah, everybody's favorite architect, Joe Finger, uh, was the mastermind uh, architect behind Cedar Ridge, uh, and really very interesting routing. I thought it was very, very well maintained. Uh, the vibe was great. The um, the green complexes were really, really cool. I was impressed with uh, how they kind of did the bunkering around the greens. And uh, that stretch of like three, four, five, six, I think, were those four holes in a row on the front nine. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, a lot of long part threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, the norm out there, 200 to 215 for the par threes. And, uh, you know, you, you played pretty well. I sucked. Uh, and, but got it got better today, right? So I, I figured some things out here at Southern Hills, which, uh, you know, yesterday I think as much fun as it was, that was the appetizer. Uh, I think is a fair way to describe it. And again, uh, you mentioned the vibe out there. As we were finishing up at Cedar Ridge, 5.30, 5.40, just as the sun's starting to go down now this time of year, they were gearing up for a you know night golf event, right? Glow golf, whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? So had the uh, the glow sticks and the, the glow, glow in the dark balls and getting all that stuff sort of set up. And there was 100 people probably <laughs> ready to go in that event. So definitely a cool vibe there and, and a great setup. And again, Big thanks to our man DK for taking us out there and uh, showing us around yesterday afternoon. But you know the fun didn't stop there. Till you know we went Certainly back. Did not. Uh, our good friends at the uh, River Spirit Casino, not a sponsor, but could be right. So not a sponsor, <laughs> but could be. We'll, we'll listen. Always so, list. Always yeah. willing to uh, to sign off on. Uh, you know, certified mail if anybody wants to send us a proposal. That's right. That's right. You, you can find us on Twitter. RFPs uh, are out there. That's right. <laughs> but uh, went back there, uh, got cleaned up, had a couple of beers with friends of the pod right yeah uh, our man tl3 right tl3 and bb dicks came out uh very very nice to see them and we roll into their hometown here in tulsa i wanted to get together with those guys uh then have lo- had a lovely steak dinner and then you know um i was i was itching to get to bed because i was rated i, I probably should have taken something to like fall the asleep night before christmas yeah. i was uh I was, it was, I was electric last night. Just could not wait to roll up to Southern Hills. Um, but a, ni- a nice time there at the River Spirit, no doubt. 
uh, all, all leading up to the, the highlight of frankly, um, probably the, uh, the year and a year of highlights yeah. on the golf course. Band and dunes, right? So um, there's a lot of highlights this year for us. Being able to, to, to play here at Southern Hills was, was, was right there towards the top. Well, let's let's walk the listeners through it, Jay Till, because you mentioned uh, a kid the night before Christmas. I think you woke up about four forty a.m. this morning <laughs> and started making noise and uh, you know kind of getting around and stuff. And uh, so I knew that uh, that was probably probably going to be the case. So we were up early. Um, we had an early tee time, right? So a 7.45 tee time mm-hmm. for a scramble event, uh, obviously for the first tee, you know, earlier than usual, but obviously again with the daylight savings time kind of pushing things back a month due to the storm, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, uh, trying to fit in an afternoon round as well to accommodate all the sponsors and teams and golfers wanting to play in this great event and play at this great course. We, uh, we, we put on a strong, uh, strong face, right? So put on a, on a, on a, on our big boy pants, got up early. Got out here a little cool this morning, right? So I think we arrived about an hour early, six forty-five. Yeah, it was great. It was absolutely uh, great. Fifty degrees, you know, no wind, a little crisp, sunshine. Crisp. Uh, perfect morning for golf. Um, while we did uh, start on sixteen, and, and this was a, a a prototypical scramble event in carts. Um, started on sixteen. I think it's only right to start on hole one talking through the golf course itself what an opening hole this thing a lot of perry maxwell courses and a clubhouse sits up on the hill and one and ten tees uh, are up by the clubhouse and kind of go down into the terrain and then nine and 18 greens kind of come back up on top of the hill which is definitely the case here at southern hills just an absolute mega uphill finishers there on on both nines but uh number one i it's right there with sheep ranch in terms of the best opening hole that i've ever played elevated tee you can see the skyline of tulsa Tulsa. very clear in the background Uh, just a very handsome golf hole fairway bunker on the left um you feel like you can just bomb it out there. Yeah, southern southern wind, right, at your back? Yeah, kind of helps. Kind of the, the prevailing wind at your back. Number one is an awesome hole. Uh, if you hit a decent drive, um, you can you can really score because it's, uh, it's probably one of the more forgiving greens on the golf course. I don't know if that's by design since it's number uh, the number one hole. Uh, but very, very cool. And then, uh, then, then I think that's really where the fun – the fun begins. Uh, number two, yeah. uh, one, of, one of the tougher holes. One on the of course. the tougher holes on the course. Uh, you kind of can uh, kind of challenge uh, the creek uh, up the up the right side. Um, for most people, not in play, but there's a big old tree that kind of guards the left side. You're going in uh, again to a to a the whole location today was like back right, just totally impossible. Because again, you're you're hitting a well for us three iron or even three wood in on a par four. It's one of the, longer, one of the longer holes in the you golf know, course. From from where DK hit his drive, we were... Yeah, I'm trying to not I'm we trying were, to not talk folks through it in, like, DK land because, right. like, <laughs> then people are going to come out here and be like, I thought I'd have a wedge in on two yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned the pin placement on that hole right back right. So, I think you and, and DK both hit it to the center of the green. So, we had safe shots there that we knew we were going to have a longish putt for birdie. I went for it. Faded in a, a six iron, I believe, that just hit off the edge of the bunker. I think had it went one more yard and maybe been one yard to the left, 
we had been pin seeking on that one, and uh, yeah, it did it did not end well. Which I think is but the is, thing is like you, that is the the design of the golf yes. hole is you Fine you would you yeah. would not be doing that if it wasn't in a scramble right where you That's had true. to. Safe shots. That is just not a place you mess with because it's mega fall off on the right side. Um, Short side. You're not. You're not going to mess with that. And so, really, starting with two, it's kind of a murderer's row. Like two is an amazing golf hole. Three is a a shorter. uh, Finally, a short golf hole on this trip. Um, Dog leg left, where you have to hit a. You kind of have to fit the drive up on the right side, so you have an angle uh, back to the, the the third green. I thought one of the best things about this golf course was you roll right off of one green, right off of a green into the next tee box, like in the the fairway grass. Really cool. Goes right to the 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 next tee box. Again, I I can't. I'm already can't wait to get back here to walk. And honestly, same thing with Cedar Ridge. Like I think the experience would be like next level at both these places because you know. You, and a few times I just said, hey, go get the card. I'm going to kind of walk over here. So I got to experience a few of them. But that, uh, when you're a car, you know, you're kind of, you're finishing on the green. You're going back to the the, uh, the cart path before driving back around to that next tee box. Uh, but, yeah, that that was one of the first times that I kind of felt that, oh, you just kind of walk right off of three and on, or off three and onto four tee. Four might have might have been my favorite hole. It's hard to say because there's so many great holes, but four is a long uh, par four that has an, again the, the green is kind of I wouldn't call it elevated, but kind of pushed up. I mean, yeah, I don't know how to describe turtle it. backs almost. Imagine if like a... you kind of had a if you had a green site and then you took a bulldozer and you just kind of raised it up. Like there was just this little plateau where he was able to put a green. A sim golf game, right? So remember yeah, that? and had bunkers all the way around it. Like very, 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 very handsome. Uh, number five, first par five on the front side. Uh, very tough hole. Like we played that hole spectacularly. Yeah, we should have that hole in. We just played that hole spectacularly. DK, it's a big drive. Uh, I hit a driver off the deck that would make, you know, John Daly queefing his pants, nipped a little wedge. Here's the the thing about the greens out here. I nipped a little wedge. I thought it was going to go in, not like go in, like oh, it needed to hit the pin to go in. I mean, it was perfectly placed. It rolls right next to the hole, high side, and then keeps rolling, and then keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. Uh, where I thought it was going to be three inches from the hole, I think we had about. 12 to 14 feet. Just a devilish putt and missed it. But five is an awesome, awesome par five. And then six kind of ends that stretch. That, you know, two, three, four, five, six. One of the coolest par threes I've ever kind of played in terms of the way the creek runs in front of it, frames up the hole. Uh, you kind of get the hedges of the property that kind of backdrop it. Um, it's right off 71st. Street. Very, very, very handsome. 61st. 61st, yeah. Very, very handsome golf so. hole. So, yeah, that to me, that stretch on the front, two through six, was just absolutely uh, all world. Absolutely all world. Well, let's. I want to fast forward to nine, right? Because you talked about, you know, kind of one of the signature moves of Perry Maxwell, nine and 18, coming back into the clubhouse in the greens on both nine and 18. And we'll focus on nine first. You know, kind of that pushed up, if you will, kind of turtle backs, mm-hmm. the slope up to the green. Depending upon where the pin placement is, it can be diabolical because you can hit a great shot, which you did, and we think, well, that's <laughs> yeah. on, and you were 
I don't know, 15 feet past the hole because we found your ball mark, had a little tour juice on it. The thing comes rolling back down and ends up rolling off the green down to, what, 15, 20 yards? 15, 20 yards <laughs> below the green. The green. Yeah. yeah. It was a good shot. It wasn't a bad shot. Oh, yeah. DK had hit us a bomb drive down there. But we had you know 115 yards in, dead into the wind, the wind dead yeah. uphill. We, it was playing like one. And so like I hit a nine. I knew it was like a 135 yard shot. Hit a nine iron, and I flushed it. Went past the pin, and that thing again. We can't see it because the green's elevated. In fact, you know we kind of all get in our carts and drive up there. Just assume it's and up then it's the like plateau. where's the ball? And we look back down <laughs> below the green, uh, and it's down there. So. Um, Number nine is so cool, and just nine and 18, the greens themselves are very, like, literally right next to each other. I mean, there's, like, a bunker, yeah. a little bit of fairway grass, and then here's the other green. Great way to finish the front nine. And, you know, although I, I think that number one is such a good opening hole, I'd always want to start at number one out here. That said, like, if nine were the finisher and 10 were the opener, like 10 is a super cool hole. It's a hole where it's like, oh man, I'm, I don't know if I should hit driver here. And you have, for us, again, short and awkward, plenty of room to hit driver. I did. And I, I set it right in front set of the it. I mean, it you perfect. could not have placed it. If it was one of those Prettiest holes. 238 yard drive you'll ever see. If it was one of those holes where they, you know, let, they let you pay 20 bucks to move up to the perfect spot, that is exactly where your, your drive would be. Yep. Uh, 10, a very cool hole. You, you're kind of hit down into the hollow from the fairway, and then you're back up the hill to a kind of a blind shot. You can see the flag, but the green is blind. Uh, again, devilish, devilish hole. You know, the, uh, the the pace of play, as you can imagine, in a scramble, not great. Yeah, a little slow. And so we had plenty of time to, like, we'd finish the hole and we'd kind of go back, play putting games off these crazy slopes. And the slope on 10, uh, DK had a good one in there, so we made our buddy putt, birdie putt. But then we went back to the back edge, and I'm telling you, like, this was a 40-foot putt, and I didn't take the putter head back more than two or three inches yeah, just had and to on those things, yeah. hit it three feet by. Great, great green on number 10. Dude, number 11, great par three. Again, the par threes out here are just so, they really are so cool. good. Uh, they're all very handsome. It's just like it, it, it shows you exactly, just based on where the pin is, you know exactly what shots you need to play. Uh, the wind, man, the wind was kind of tough today, and it probably obviously could have been worse. Like Janice said, we could have been out here in 40-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, but then I know, like, I want to give you a little time on 12. I know 12 is one of your favorite holes out here. Dog leg left. Uh, talk us through the, you know, talk us through the approach shot, basically. Yeah, really fun hole, right? Everything kind of slopes right to left, right? So it's kind of going with the dog leg. You have the creek up around the hole. Uh, kind of one of those, you know, pretty little stone, cobblestone bridges that kind of goes over it as well. Kind of one of the signatures out here uh, across many of the creeks and uh, holes here at Southern Hills. But, you know, ended up with a decent drive. I think you and I were kind of right next to one another, right? We were kind of position A if, you know, we were if if we hit it further, it would have been position A. But on the right side of the fairway, right? So had a good look at the green, but probably a longer approach shot than what we wanted. But, uh, you know, we ended up getting a par on that one as well. But 12 definitely one of the holes that kind of just it just feels like it fits your eye. You know, the, when you sit up there, it, it just looks pretty. Like everything yeah, and, looks the way it should be. Yeah, I would say 
It's one of the most Augusta-esque holes out here because of that little creek pond thing uh, that's uh, that, down the a, right side. Not a not an even lie on the fairway either, right? So that thing kind of slopes big time right to left. Yeah, ball's going to be uh, above your feet there. Um, you know, 13, it, I would be interested to see if I liked 13 when I didn't have somebody that was hitting the ball 300 yards when they hit a good drive because we had on this par five, I mean, we had, like less than 200 yards in. Yeah, we were hitting. So I on. really think I would, I didn't really like that hole because from where we were at, trying to hit a 200-yard shot into that green is impossible. I think I would have liked that hole more if I would have been playing it as a three-shot hole right, where I'm hitting a, my kind of typical drive, getting down in the position, then hitting a wedge into that green. I think you have a better chance. I think you have a better chance of making five on that hole if you have, you know, 100, 120-yard shot in than if you ha are hitting your second shot from 200 yards. Because there's a lot of stuff that could go wrong. Pond left, pond right, Big bunkers, bunkers right. front right and left, bunkers behind. I mean, that green, for guys like us, absolutely not receptive to any kind of shot that's not a wedge. Uh, so it'll be that'll be one that'll be interesting. I think we should mark down to keep our eye on for the PGA is how these guys handle number 13. And word is... That's right. A little and you can look at this on, on Google Maps, but a 12 green is, uh, you know, probably 20, 20, 30 yards from 13 T. So just imagine you finish on a green and you kind of go off to the right to go up to the next tee box. Well, instead, if you go left, they're planning on building, allegedly, this is the rumor, a tee box up on top of the green where you would actually have to hit over the green to extend that hole by about 60 yards that would really make that thing a bear even for the PGA Tour guys. So I think that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think it's either that or they probably turn that into a par four for the PGA guys and it ends up playing as a par 70 overall or something like that. So not not sure how they're going to handle that, but uh, it's a good thing about playing with our guy DK. Uh, you get a little inside scoop out here around Southern Hills. But, uh, yeah, fun hole there. And uh, I think we – our, our approach shot ended up in the bunker. You and I hit two great bunker shots out, and then we ended up getting up and down for birdie, right? So we did. You rolled in a nice putt, a yeah, very so difficult setting putt. Setting you up to uh, toot yeah. my horn there. So. Toot, 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 toot. Uh, you know, the, the next few holes, uh, you know, 14 and 15, it was really, really solid holes. Um, you know, good good holes. Out, but, you know, probably, uh, probably a little bit um, bland as it relates to all these all-world golf holes. Uh, but then 16, 17, and 18 – Absolutely awesome. If you'll recall, we actually started on 16, so it's par five, pretty much straight away, but it's a blind second shot, a really, really strong par five. Uh, but then, yeah, 17. That's a, that's a neat hole. Yeah. Is one of the best golf holes that I've ever played. It, short par four. Short we four. Love. We love, love the short four. You have multitude of options. If you're playing the right tee boxes, you could hit out to the left with maybe a hybrid or a super long iron to give yourself the thing on this green. I couldn't believe the slope. I mean, you mentioned it, the kind of the undulations of the fairways. I mean, this thing, I hit a perfect drive and I thought it was funny a few times. Like DK just literally doesn't understand what a short hitters world is like because half a dozen times over the last two days, like, yeah, I would just hit an iron down there. It's like iron, like, I, I got I got a runway at 230 yards here. Okay, yeah. I got plenty of space out there, bro. Uh, so hit a perfect drive. Honestly, 
It kind of reminded me of number eight at Oklahoma City a little bit. This is a much stronger golf hole than number eight. There's a creek that runs up the right side that if you kind of overcook your tee ball, that thing is very much in Everything play. Everything slopes down to it. Yep. Slopes hard. So I can see where if you can hit a straight iron out to the left, you'd want to do that just so you have, even if you're much further back, so you have a level lie to hit from because I thought my ball was going to be center cut. It ends up continuing to move, continuing to move so much so that I thought we, I thought it, we lost it. And it's like, oh, no, it's back here. That was one of the, what would you say, not worst, but one of the um, most dramatic below-my-feet lies. I mean, we, we obviously, it's a scramble, right? so it's a take a club length. And even with a club length, there was not a flat spot to hit this ball from. So we had like 90 yards in, and we're lucky to get out of there with a four. Yeah, that was the... 300-yard golf hole, lucky to get out of there with a four, having a 90 yards in. 40-foot birdie putt, I think, is what we had yeah. coming in. So, yeah, that was probably the hole that we were closest to not making par on. Yeah, 17 is so awesome. Like That's a hole, and I, I'm this is not hyperbole. I could finish the hole, go back to the tee box, finish the hole, go back to the tee box, and do that for like two or three hours straight on repeat. How good of a hole 17 a, hit is. Hit a different shot off the tee pretty much every every time if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, play different tee boxes on that hole. It would be so, so much fun. Like, coming off of that hole, again, that was our second hole of the day. Right? I thought this was going to be, like, one of the just outer-worldly experiences of my life. So it's kind of like you get that hole early in the round. It's kind of like not everything was a letdown, but far from it. It was an amazing experience. But when you get that hole that early in the round, it's like, not much can match up to that. 18 tries. <laughs> yeah, we start. We get lucky to start off with uh, 17 and 18 in the first first couple holes. Yeah. Uh, so 18, I mentioned earlier about the greens that flow directly into tee boxes. 18 tee is literally a chip away from the 17th green. A bear of a golf hole. We both hit solid drives, and if we would have had to use our drives we would have had probably three irons into that. Maybe maybe a five iron. 210, 220. Our man, man JF, absolutely took a line that none of us saw. Imagine, you know, if you ever play with a guy that has a little bit of the snap draws that he's got to start it so far right so he can snap back in the fairway. He took a line that we would have paid $100 to, to go out and place where we got to hit his uh, hit his second shot from, uh, and and thank goodness because it was still, like, I don't know, is there a more dramatic uphill second shot in the entire state of Oklahoma? No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, because again, going back into the prevailing wind, uphill, and it wasn't a long shot, one twenty five, one twenty, but you had to play it almost like one sixty to get it up there. It was it was crazy. Yeah. And you have the the clubhouse formidable in the background great view if you're not already following the instagram account at yso golf i got a great shot looking up at 18 green clubhouse in the background with the light again it's early in our round so at this point it's like 8 15 8 20 tops the light is great go go check that one out at yso golf and the 18th hole was the the sponsored hole for us right so that was the one that had our sign all right yso golf 
YSO Golf on? Yeah. LLC. Yeah. Um, apparently, well, they they went to our, our legal department for the uh, for the sponsorship recognition. You got me as a registered agent. I think we so. uh, we uh, <laughs> we'll have to get with Janice next year and, and say uh, they're not wrong. It is an LLC. It is an LLC. But you know, I think that uh, more more descriptive uh, verbiage on the uh, on the whole sign next year. But uh, yeah, eighteen just a absolutely tremendous fin- tremendous finishing hole. Not no question the best finishing hole in the state of Oklahoma. Not not even close. Um, especially you like it better than eighteen than twin. Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's it's better looking. It's it's more fair, and I think that that clubhouse in the background it's just it's a it's a stately yet very well designed golf hole it's uh, very impressive i i knew that i was going to love that hole and uh, again aided by the fact that we got to hit it from you know a, a reasonable distance uh, but 18 is is going to be a tremendous finisher for the uh the PGA tour guys when they roll up in may uh, for the PGA Championship. But uh, we played well, right? Shot, shot a, a net 64, well, I guess a gross 64, and then the net, right? So they had a kind of a handicap adjustment uh, that they threw in here. We ended up with a 59, but that wasn't even close <laughs> to, to winning this thing. There were some really, really low numbers. I think a net 50 uh, ended up winning it this morning with a uh, 52 and a 54, respectively, coming in behind that. I think the uh, the overall gross number to win, I think, was a 53, which is essentially 18 under. So they birdied every hole. So kudos uh, to that team. Uh, we we played okay, uh, but uh, far from being in the running for uh, first or second in this uh, prestigious event on this historical golf course. And, uh, again, a lot of hyperbole about this place, but, uh, you know, your maiden voyage, right? So here at Southern Hills, obviously we talked about it so much. I'd been fortunate enough to play with DK and his dad, Craig, a couple of times up here already. Uh, I think this is my fourth time. I love the place, but I, I think I'm more interested to hear your thoughts. And I want to throw some comps out to you, right? So I want to get your thoughts on some comparisons, uh, being the Perry Maxwell historian that you are. But again, I think halfway through, maybe three quarters of the way through the through the round, I kind of nudged you and said, Lives up to expectations, meets you know uh, above and beyond expectations. Where where are we at here? Because you built this place up in your yeah head. yeah. I want to preface this in the uh, I, don't, I don't know likely or unlikely. I'm not sure where I want to go there. I want to preface this in case anyone listens to this affiliated with Southern Hills, um, a member at Southern Hills, what what you know, a huge fan of Southern Hills um, by saying just un. Believable golf course. I was um, I was very very like um, honored, frankly, to be able to to play out here. Uh, yes, huge Perry Maxwell fan. It's uh, I think by most accounts, certainly his most um, prestigious golf course in terms of major championship play. That's fair. Yeah. And so I I this is uh this is obviously a special place. I think that in terms of did it meet expectations, um, I, I I don't think it did. I do think it's a product of the expectations being so high that it was maybe never going to meet expectations. Uh, but I do think there were a couple of factors um, in terms of it not meeting expectations. I do think being able to uh, to walk the golf course. Um, I think that even though it was probably a better experience in terms of making birdies and playing in a, in a scramble, um, 
you know, having a feel of the place whenever you're kind of playing your own ball, I think would, would have been a different experience. Um, and so I've, I'm going to say it didn't, it did not meet my expectations mostly because they were so high, but also just the format, right? When you kind of think through like, Oh, I'm just envisioning getting to play Southern Hills someday, probably won't ever happen. Uh, you kind of envision that in a, in a little bit different feel. Um, now in terms of the architecture of the golf course and a couple of the holes definitely ranking what will be ranked in my you know, top five golf holes that I've ever played. Certainly met expectations on that front. I, and again, I think even like the experience, right, of the route you play the golf course. Right? So when you play 16, 17, 18 first, um, just the flow of that is different. So meeting expectations is an interesting question because there's a subjectivity to my expectations sure. being so high. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so all of that said, unbelievable bucket list type course to be able to play. Uh, and I, you know, chomping at the bit all like sitting here right now, chomping at the bit to get, if, if there weren't an afternoon wave, I would have been begged, borrow, stealing a way to get back out there for another 18. Right. So, um, it certainly is not about that. It wasn't a great experience. It's just that when your expectation, when you build something up so big in your head, it's always going to be hard for it to meet those expectations. Yeah, well, well, let's let's rewind, if you will, to the last twelve months, uh, J two, and and let's talk about some of the things that you mentioned. You know, highlights, right? Over the course of the year, uh, we were fortunate enough to play pretty much all the golf courses at Bandon Dunes back in August. Are we going right? like a would you rather situation? Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set you up here. Okay. Rewind back uh, a few months before that, uh, we were fortunate enough to play Prairie Dunes, right? So right. up at the yeah. end of April. Uh, where the uh, Big 12 Championship, and obviously uh, one of the historic courses that uh, Mr. Maxwell put together there as well. And then you, before the renovation kind of got to got to go on down down in southern Oklahoma, were fortunate enough to play Dornick Hills as well. Uh, and then obviously you get to play Twin Hills with me all the time in Oklahoma City. And so you think about, you know, these these bucket list items. You checked a lot of them off in the last 12 months, my friend, but, you know, I guess along those lines, the question I would have to ask you here today, where does Southern Hills kind of rank in that bucket list of, of, of courses that you've been able to play this year? Um, yeah, probably, again, maybe easier for you to throw a few out and me to kind of say, yeah, yes, no kind of deal. Uh, uh, when you're going through that question, the, the course that actually jumped into my head is one you didn't even – list off um it's hard to keep track of all your golf it's <laughs> my friend hillcrest country club right. in bartlesville yeah was the one that blew me away in terms of how have i never i wouldn't even say heard of this place so it's kind of like okay what well maybe that's where expectations come into play right, right. You, had, you had zero expectations there and you're like holy cow this place is awesome the expectations were absolutely off the chart here and it's like holy cow this place is awesome but how that emotionally kind of factors into your experience yeah yeah no i agree um and so yeah it's it's just hard because it's not a it, it's it's not an apples to apples deal with any of those experiences right i mean band and dunes like a there's you know five six courses uh, most all of them by the ocean with you know three of my best friends in the whole world walking with caddies um 
you know, you mentioned Prairie Dunes, a place that is so special and that how is this place here, right? And, you know, five miles outside of Hutchinson, Kansas, these sand dunes that look like they should belong in Ireland, um, totally unique experience. The vibe at Prairie Dunes is, is something that, you know, is not an apples to apples deal. I think we all know that you cannot separate how you play from how you have these experiences. It's really hard to do that. Right. So, um, there were golf courses that I probably had less expectations on going in, but I had a great time because I played well. So, I mean, ultimately, I, I think it would be hard to put uh, the Southern Hills experience into context because of kind of the setup of the day. Um, you know, it was last October, you know, getting to go up to like Flint Hills. Um, yeah, that's right. If you want to go kind of 12 months kind of deal. So, and that was like a, that was totally amazing. So I think Southern Hills probably is um, somewhere in, you know, sort of below Prairie Dunes, below Pacific Dunes, probably below Hillcrest. I mean, getting to go down to uh, Duncan Golf and Tennis Club, like that place blew me away. I think of a common vein here, that's obviously Perry Maxwell, um, and just like one hit after another. Uh, but I'm, I'd be happy to get into a game of Would You Rather. Yeah, well, I mean, Would You Rather uh, play Southern Hills? Yeah, let's say that you get one more round, right? So Would You Rather, Southern Hills or Prairie Dunes? Prairie Dunes. Okay. Yeah, I, I really wanted to talk to you and get your get your comps on that because I've been on record, right? Because, you know, that's one of the things that you would kind of needle me about because I'd get to play Southern before you a couple of times. And whenever you and I played Prairie Dunes, I was like, I think I like Prairie Dunes better. The setting is just so, uh, like, I don't know, foreign is the right word. You, you, you alluded to it in your description of it. It's like this golf course was dropped in the middle of an absolute nowhere. It's like it just doesn't look like it belongs, but you get out on the property. And I think that's one of the similarities that a lot of the Maxwell courses have. You know, we were standing on, what, the number 12, number 13 tee box, right. and you said, like, this is so cool because – you can stand up here and kind of see almost the entire property, right? And, and Prairie yeah. has some of those spots where you get up on a high spot and you can just see everything, right? And it kind of gives you this weird vibe that goes on. It's kind of hard to describe. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, absolutely no disrespect to Southern Hills because it's an absolute immaculate golf course. It, it can't be any better manicured. It can't be ran as a golf course any better than what it is. But yeah, something about that that tall heather grass, that wheat grass, if you will, that uh, is is kind of the setting up at Prairie and kind of almost hides it from the rest of the world, right? It feels like it's hidden. Yeah, it feels like it's hidden. And then Southern Hills is just like at the top of the food chain in terms of the nicest parkland golf course you've ever played. Right, it's just like a it's better version of the last game. course you played, and then okay, the next course is even better, and then it's even better, and it's even better. Southern Hills is at the top of the food chain when it comes to parkland style golf, and it has a lot of the same elements as a Prairie Dunes. Um, honestly, even a, even a little bit of the same elements um, as as like Boiling Springs in that the experience and remembering all the holes like is a big part of a great golf course. And, and certainly Southern Hills has that. Um, 
and then this whole seeing across the property and seeing multiple holes and like the confluence of different holes where it's like, oh, this is cool. You know, like 12 green, 13 T, 18 fairway, and uh, whatever that other hole is, would that be, I guess, nine are kind of right all there together. Uh, I think it's five fairway and three fairway yeah, kind of intersect, and, yeah. even though it's, you know, not those two holes really, there's not a path there to go. Um, in terms of playing your golf shots. And so, again, I, I just have to give it the massive asterisk caveat um, to be determined, you know, getting to come back and play it kind of as it is intended to be played with, with walking, um, with getting to, you know, just have a have a feel for the place and a soul for the place uh, that you don't quite get, even though, again, great experience, and I can't come back enough to the, uh, the qualifier, that amazing day. Um, but I, I think right now it's, it's, it's a little bit down the list. Um, and, you know, honestly, you might come back and you play your own ball, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this place is yeah. super completely, freaking completely hard. experience, yeah. Um, and it is. It's, it's a really hard golf course. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I need a little more time for a definitive list, but you know, it's probably still top ten. It might be top five. I just didn't come away from it like I did at Pack Dunes or Olmac or Prairie Dunes well, or Hillcrest. Yeah. Um, setting at those courses is very very different. Uh, or even or even Pack again Dunes. even Boiling Springs, as like oh my gosh like. This this is totally unique experience. Well, um, you know, let me let me ask you this, J. Till. So let's let's fast forward to May, right? So obviously everybody knows there's a, there's a big event coming up uh, at the uh, end of May, third week of May here in Tulsa at Southern Hills, the PGA Championship. Um, you've got to experience now once, right? And again, not necessarily the, the the proper format, right? So as the the good Lord intended that you play the golf course that you mentioned <laughs> earlier, but you know what would be your advice? to a noob that's going to be playing this place come May in a PGA championship. Now, there's one thing that I know about you, and I, and I think our listeners will probably agree, is that from a understanding of the game, an understanding of knowing what shot a golfer is supposed to hit at a given point in time, you know, you, you do that, right? So now being able to actually execute that, for you and I both, far it's, far it's, down it's, uh, plummets down the uh, the list. It's difficult for <laughs> us, right? So, but I think you know what's supposed to happen. So, what would be your advice to somebody who's going to be playing it for the very first time in such a prestigious event as the PGA Championship? Well, I, in terms of in terms of advice, I think that you absolutely have to make sure that you have the right angle into the green. I think this is a place that despite how far everybody in that field can hit it, and certainly the guys at the top of the game, this is a place where angles are going to matter. Right? You, you will not be able to wail away with driver, and um, it's going to work out every single time. You, you've, got to, you've got to put the ball in a place where you can attack the golf hole based on where the pin is at, based on where the bunkers are set up, and so I think the advice would be put a premium, not on like finding the fairway, but making sure you're on the right side of the, of the golf hole, right? So if you can be in the rough, because the rough, I'm sure it'll get 
much more penal when it comes to May. Penal. But it is, it's not like that's a, that's a big factor. And we've all seen with these guys on the PGA Tour, the rough is not that big a deal. I do think the side of the golf hole that it's supposed to be attacked from is the biggest piece of advice. I think angles will matter out here if I were to if I were to say one thing. No, that's that's good advice. And uh, just checking back in again, we we said we would check back on this. The uh, Corn Ferry Q Q School qualifying. Zach Fisher birdies the 18th to get to 14 under. Knocks our man JB Jonathan Brightwell out of it, uh, out of winning it, I should say. Uh, he finishes in a T2 uh, along with Vincent Norman and Andrew Kozan at 13 under. Uh, kudos to Zach Fisher, man. So that that's cojones. On the 18th hole, right? So and he get shoots a done. 200 day 69. Um, started off with a double bogey, I think, on the very first hole. So uh, got it back together and was enough to win that event by one stroke. So kudos to him. So, um, well, you know, till we're, we're on the verge of Megapod status here, right? So which is, you know, getting up there <laughs> around an hour and 15 minutes. We're not done yet. Um, Wait till the next time Scooter and I take the controls. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I bet say if I'm not here to... Uh, time you guys out uh, you would go for three hours but you know parting shots if you will or, or or maybe lasting images and so you you've you've alluded to the fact that want to come back want to walk and play your own ball right which is a yeah and, that's and that's let, that's yeah, legit, let me right? let me do a slight qualifier like um definitely walking like 100 percent. Right, this and, course is made for it and uh, i yeah. would say no offense to anybody but i don't even care offense to everybody walking is the way that it's a different game. It was, yeah. The game is supposed to be experienced in general and certainly at a place like Southern Hills that was built in 1936. You're supposed to walk this golf course. I will say that the golf course, golf carts out here are badass, though. Those things will get up and go. Yeah, in fact, I, get some, I have to see my chiropractor. You kind of gave me a whiplash yeah. a couple times. Yeah, those things get some juice. Um, but on the play-your-own-ball thing, like, yes, definitely that's a that's an ex- experience, but it's not, you know, I, it could be play an alt shot or or something that you're just kind of trying you have to map your way when you're playing in a scramble it's like you're you're getting in and i i kind of what would you say spun this when it's like the first time i'm gonna be playing as in a scramble i kind of spun it positive like oh this is gonna be cool because i'll be able to hit every approach shot like as the architect intended the second shot to be played yeah i think what that takes away is how am i going to plot myself around being the skill level that I'm at. And so even like even alternate shot or, you know, there's a lot of different formats. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to play my own ball and I'm going to put everything out. It's not actually about that because as everybody knows by now, I'm totally okay with, you know, who cares about what you shoot. So it's not about coming out here and posting a score. It's about experiencing the golf course in a personal way where I think we can all say a scramble. Uh, They're awesome. They're fun. Like the hang is Big time, you get to experience something like this, again, with some good friends and some new friends. But when it comes to lasting impressions, I do think uh, particular golf holes at Southern Hills will be those lasting impressions. Coming around to 17T and seeing how that golf hole set up in the rising morning light. The shot coming into 18 where it's just like this amphitheater of awesomeness setting back there. Super cool. Uh, number four would definitely come back specifically for number four, that pushed up green. And again, when you're kind of going back in general towards the clubhouse, the kind of famous you know, Southern Hills clock tower just off to the right. Uh, so I think the lasting impressions are these individual golf holes that in and of themselves are unique experiences 
would be my lasting impression of this day at Southern. Nope, good stuff, bud. So, and, and I think that that's a good note to to go out on and wrap things up here. And again, you know, I, I think we didn't embarrass ourselves to the point to where I think DK will bring us back, right? So I think that's probably fair. Yeah. So I, I was I was reluctant to bring you up here, so I just didn't know how you would act on the golf course and stuff. We so all, I, I pushed it pushed it way back. We all right? know so. what a menace <laughs> I am uh, for these first class. Uh, uh, that, country again, clubs. I know I know podcast is an audio. Uh, medium, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, we'll we'll have some of the Instagram photos and stuff that uh, took place. Uh, Put a few of them today. out there already. I can yeah, yeah. I can resist. But you know, watching till you know, I, I it was like for me experiencing this place again for the first time because I was watching him walk around the clubhouse and we walked through the locker room and you know seeing all the memorabilia that they have just around this place is absolutely. I could I could I, this is again not hyperbole. I could come to the clubhouse and spend the entire day doing nothing but walking. It's almost walking, like a museum, kind of. Yeah, it's you know, that cool. Three yeah. feet by three feet, looking at the different things on the walls, the men's locker room with all the past champions of majors with their pictures up. I mean, you're right. It's a museum of golf in the best, best sense. And the, the food was absolutely incredible as well. So we got breakfast and lunch here, and, uh, man, they, they know what they're doing in the kitchen. So it was pretty good. Real quick before we leave, very, very quickly, I know we're approaching Megapod status. Want to give a shout out to our man Olive Loaf, our man Schmitty. That's right, yeah. Back in a uh, back stateside from Jack's Beach, where uh, hurricane. I mean, when I say hurricane-like conditions, if there was a Cat Zero hurricane, I think that's what they experienced. My brother-in-law lives in Jacksonville. He reported in that he thought it was the worst two days consecutively of weather that they've had in 2021. At a time where it's supposed to be perfect, these two guys battled the elements. I hear there's some great stories that came out of it. Uh, Olive Loaf finished second in his flight. Very impressive. Minus 21 to his quota. Uh, Reagan uh, fell fell back significantly, much like um, talking about a woman's age. I'm actually not going to disclose Schmitty's uh, final results. I'll leave that uh, to him. I do think that I can't wait. We'll We'll find a time this is going to be evergreen stuff. I think some comedic genius came out of this trip. A uh, lot of stories that we'll want them to share. And then ultimately, you know, much like Hoppet coming in as the low cab and kind of riding roughshod over the congregation, uh, Lauren Coughlin, one of the uh, Symmetra Tour slash LPGA Tour players that the NLU guys sponsor, was in the event, obviously had a very high quota to meet, and yet she still came out on top. I think when the conditions get tough, the skill level starts to matter even more. You know, you can't you can't handicap away terrible conditions. Clearly she was used to it. She gets it done. She's been fun to watch. A couple of their videos she's been featured in. She seems like a treat of a gal. And so uh congrats to the worthy champion uh El Pond Golf out there on on the on the Twits. Yeah, and uh, before we do get out of here, I you know, speaking of somebody posting a number that's kind of high that you don't want to talk about, uh Dirty birdies, YSO, dirty birdies, right? So we got to talk about our man, 2G, Chad Ford. I feel like I caught some flack a few weeks ago, and rightfully so. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've kind of righted the ship a little bit. I'm, I'm finishing middle of the pack now, somewhat more respectable, but uh, uh, it, it, was, a, it was an ugly weekend for a Volatile. It was a volatile yeah. situation yeah. on the dirty birdies. I'm sure that they will cover it in depth on mm-hmm. the uh, on the mini pod that they'll put out. 
But uh, yeah, 2G down in the uh, the low 40s. I don't think he bottomed out, but it wasn't pretty. I think that uh, he's not proud of himself. I know he wants to be better, should be better. better. Do better. Um, And he will be better. And speaking of that, too, I think uh, our man Scooter has already got the contest out there for this week, right? Houston Open, right? If I'm not mistaken, we're headed down to H-Town. Houston Open, pretty pretty close to to home. Should be fun. A Tom Doak redesigned down at Memorial Park. Excited. Brooks Kepka had, Brooks Kepka too, had right? a uh, his hands in that redesign. Yeah, a bit of an influence, uh, which I'm sure it means it's very well designed. Um, but Houston opens an exciting time, regardless of when it falls on the calendar, since it's uh, one of the closer PGA Tour events to us here in the 405, or in this case, the 918. Yep. Yep. Uh, hopefully, good weather for those guys down in H Town uh, this coming week. So uh, you mentioned it, right? Plugs. So you, you've posted so many great pics of our day here at Southern Hills, my friend. So how how can our people get at you on the Twitter, in the Instagram? Both on Twitter and Instagram at YSO Golf. Already got some stuff out on Instagram. Uh, some fun stuff. We'll go ahead and post to Twitter in case that's the place that you get at us. Uh, but. What a day. We love highlighting. You know, I, it's interesting to me. Instagram can be somewhat of a, a memory book, right? You can kind of go back through the yeah, feed, fair. all the great places that you've gotten to visit when it comes to the world of golf. And this will certainly be a highlight among highlights for 2021. Yep. Good stuff there. And for the Sports Pros Network, obviously you can check us out at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, that is pros with an E, P R O. S-E. What a day. What a weekend, my friend. Can't wait to tee it up and do it again with you next week. And for the listeners out there, as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. 